On this week's episode of the Third and Forever Football Podcast, Kevin and I recap Week 11. Let me go over our usual segments with Performance of the Week, Nathan Peterman Award, Stock Up, Stock Down, and we preview Week 12. And end things as always with our two-minute drill. All right, let's go. All right, welcome to the Third and Forever Football Podcast. Uh, today is November 26th. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I am your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, how are we doing this week? Ooh, it's... I, I'm conflicted. Um, some things happened that I would call good news, and some things happened that I would call bad news. Um... Didn't enjoy watching my own team play. Uh, very much enjoyed Monday night football. So it's it's a mixed bag, and at least it's not all bad, but it is, there's certainly not, you know, ideal. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you um, can relate. Like, I, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to save as much as I have. So obviously you and I were texting a good amount on Sunday. Um about our respective games and things that are happening in it. And I know like our games are on the, the same time. Yep. So we weren't really able to watch each other's. Yeah. So, um, I mean, so I, I saw like, the highlights of your game, but I, yeah. I, they did not, I, I don't think they encompassed, you no. know, the detail that you're going was, to be talking about. Yeah. And it was I, I didn't really know. Where, what, I still, I'm like, I don't know what he was talking about. That looked normal yeah. to me. So there's, there's things that you need to kind of take into consideration when for discussing, just like, yeah, to watch it. Um, because of course, you know, I'll get into it later, but well, mm-hmm. let's start with, um, the first game, which was a Thursday night game, uh, a week ago now, uh, the Cardinals Seahawks, uh, Seahawks get the revenge. They, um, I, I mean, it was, I was, I, it, it didn't disappoint me. It was just, I, like I was it a wasn't little a crazy thing that happened. Like, yeah, I, I was used to seeing the Seahawks in a really weird game, but this is a relatively kind of normalish game, I guess. It was a normal game, and I think a lot of you know the underwhelming aspects of it came from the fact that Kyler kind of got banged up very early in the game. Yeah, and so you know at that point. He just he just didn't look the same. He was missing guys, and not to take anything away from the Seahawks because I think especially their defense played better than they have throughout the rest of the year, and mm-hmm. you know Russell played well and all that stuff. But uh, you know it just it kind of took the air out of the tires a little bit. And I and I will say this scoreline twenty eight twenty one looks like a very normal scoreline, but the way they got there, no, there was a safety was, in there. Yeah, the Seahawks. They missed it. They failed an extra point. Um, and then they hit, a, got a two point conversion. Um, oh no, no, they did. They, then they just kept kicking field goals. And then there was a, a safety, which made it 25. And then they kicked a field goal to make it 28. So they didn't get their, the conventional four touchdown, four extra point way. So it was a little weird. Yeah. Cause of course it's the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a good game, a very good game from Russell. He didn't really have to do a whole lot, um, but it was a turnover-free game for him, and that's that's something that like he was struggling with the last something couple of weeks. He hasn't as done it. Yeah, exactly. Like it and, wasn't a prolific game, but no. he did enough. 
I was I was very surprised and happy to see for Seahawks fans. I mean, I don't give a shit about Seahawks fans, but if you were a Seahawks fan, good def- good for them to see their defense actually stepping up to the challenge and making some key stops. They I thought they played hard. Mm-hmm. They play, I mean, they zero run game. I thought they had a great strategy with Kyler um, limiting him just to the pocket, and um, you know, then their their guys played well. I mean, they Kyler was twenty nine of forty two. That's not a great completion percentage. No, um, you know, and no well, turnovers. And, and but, you look at, I mean, the Seahawks defense going in this game, you know, historic pace for you know yeah. bad passing defense, and you know mm-hmm. they didn't wow me by any means, you know, this week, but. They certainly kind of, you know, stopped the bleeding, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Carlos Dunlap is showing out to be everything they want in their rental player they got with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, got two sacks. He was very disruptive. Got three more hits. I mean, he was he it seemed like he had one of those games where he was just constantly his name was being called. Um, you know, I, I think the Seahawks needed this just to kind of put themselves back in talk of, you know, contenders and and yeah and and i and i heard a stat uh the russell wilson pete carroll combo i think is i don't remember the exact number i want to say it was eight no um off back-to-back losses so they have never lost three games in a row which is a testament to you know good quarterback good coach you you know you you figure stuff out and you kind of pull out of the skid and that's what the seahawks did and they're still in a great position, you know, in the NFC in general, uh, even with, you know, that stretch of kind of rough games they had. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all kind of all I really had. I thought they had a good game. I mean, the Cardinals had a good game plan. Like no one really was killing them except for, I mean, Lockett, mm-hmm. nine receptions on nine targets. I mean, he, the connection that him and Russell have is just unbelievable. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable, I mean, and it's like, you know, you look at DK and Lockett, Metcalf is the more physically gifted guy, he's just an absolute yeah. freak, but Lockett has, you know, like I always go back to the, you know, the Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers, and there's plenty of other, you know, examples throughout the league, but just the guys that are just so keyed in mentally mm-hmm. that they're really hard to stop based off of that all by itself, you know? And and I will say, I mean, the Cardinals, this is back-to-back games now that they've played both games that they played against the Seahawks they pretty much blanked DK I mean Mm -hmm. because DK yes he has that touchdown but that was on that 25 yard broken play kind of extent Russell extending the play and finding him in the corner yeah um and you take that play away he's like you know two for 20 and no touchdowns yeah Yeah, that's absolutely nothing for him they I mean they they had a great game plan but the problem is they have Lockett still and Lockett everyone I was worried personally when Doug Baldwin retired like who's gonna step into that role? Because Doug Baldwin was Russell's. I'm. I. I. I gotta find someone down there. You know, like the mm-hmm. oh shit, he's down there. Doug's down there somewhere, and like Baldwin always found his way to get the ball. And Lockett's Lockett does a good job of that. Um, yeah, he's, know, he's not as physically gifted, nicely. but he he does it. Um, that yeah. division continues to be very competitive. Yeah, and this game, I know that I I for sure when we were talking about this last week said that uh, I didn't see a way for the Seahawks to win this game. So I was I was wrong, and mm-hmm. I and I've figured out why. It is impossible to win a football game a week after a hail mary. It does not happen ever. No, you no. throw a hail mary, you win a game, you lose next week. That is yeah. a rule of the universe, and I forgot about that. And it was and, even crazy because, like, the Cardinals yeah. were wearing their black unis, too. And, like, 
Mm-hmm. You'd think like, oh shit, here we go. But Seattle wasn't wearing their gross gray they had the first time. They were in their gross green. I yeah, but hate that's like those. their prime time. Ugh. It's weird. Like they've now just like every prime time game they have to wear those neon jerseys. I guess I don't yeah, know. It's toxic it's waste disgusting. jerseys. It's fucking weird. Yeah, but yeah. So that I I realized after the fact that I had made a mistake in uh, believing in the Cardinals post hail mary. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's move on. Um. Do we have to? I don't know. Do you want to go? I could, I could talk about this. I could talk about the Cardinal Seahawks just for hours if it meant no, not having to talk about it. Packers Colts. We, we got to talk about it. Um, All right. Do you want to start with minor years? I feel like mine's gonna be longer. Um, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll get go, mine out of the go way. With you. All right. So let's go talk. About yeah, the Colts beat the Packers in overtime by a field goal. And did you see any sort of highlights or anything like that? How, yeah. What's your? I, I saw. I caught the whole end of it. Okay. Uh, most of the fourth quarter and all that because yeah. our game was my game was over pretty quick. So it was twenty eight to fourteen at the half. Is mm-hmm. at least one turnover uh, by Green Bay in that time, or maybe even two. But you know, kind of turnovers going both ways. So the Packers converted better off of their turnovers. In the second half, the Packers scored three points, and that was like at the very end of the game to force overtime. Yeah. And I was watching this game and it did not look like the Matt LaFleur Packers. It looked like the Mike McCarthy Packers. They had two different third and ones where they took it out of the shotgun and threw the ball. And it was incomplete both times. Mm -hmm. It was off schedule. It was miscommunications on you know medium to deep routes there was no sort of synergy there weren't guys coming in motion across the formation very frequently like you know you kind of see with these new you know the McVeigh offenses and the LaFleur offenses and things like that it was bizarre and I I my hope is that there was some sort of weird game plan this week based on the fact that the Colts defense is pretty good Mm. but I just don't know and it is so scary to me that you know that's it's like the the ratatouille where the guy like eats the noodle and he flashes back to his childhood. Except yeah. It's bad. It's the opposite of that. The childhood is horrible. And I see that offense and I go, oh good god, no, not again. And so I'm I'm concerned about that. Um, the other thing, the other side of the ball is not better. The defense continues to play inexplicably i cannot understand it will be third and five and the corners will play with a seven yard cushion do you know what they're going to do in that situation they're going to throw a curl and fall forward over the line every it happens every time and you know i'm sure that things are more complicated in defensive scheming and stuff like that you know like i'm just sitting here being an armchair defensive coordinator but i don't think that that's wrong to to be like guys Get in front of the freaking sticks. There were at least two or three different plays with just completely blown coverage. The guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And one of them was a touchdown to uh, Pittman Jr., who, by the way, would be really nice to have him on the fucking football team. Um, And it just seems like it comes down to coaching on the defensive side. The guys don't understand the schemes. They're not performing the schemes correctly. And sometimes the schemes also just suck. So it's really frustrating to watch because, I mean, I I think that they have 
they don't have a supremely untalented group of players. And I know that they're at a disadvantage, you know, this season with COVID and all things going on like that, just defenses in general. But these are fixable problems. And every week I have to turn on the TV and watch them not get fixed at all. Um, yeah, it seems like Mike yeah. Pettin just is in it, it just cannot adjust or adapt in the no, middle of it. And that's, that's something else that just, you know, I talked about coaching on the offensive and defensive, respectively. Overarchingly, you can see that they got outcoached in the second half of yeah. this game by a mile. They had 14 points off of turnovers in the first half. The Packers did. So that turns, you know, 28-14 into 14-14, you know, if if you take out turnovers. The Colts had mm-hmm. zero points off turnovers. So it's a tie ball game. Second half adjustments are 17-3, to plus three more points in overtime for the Colts. And... I mean, that is the most clear way to be to to show they did not make adjustments at halftime. If they did, they didn't work. If they did, maybe they even hurt. And whatever whatever the thought process was, it was wrong. And whatever the system was, it was wrong. So it's concerning from that perspective because I think the Packers are a more talented football team, at least I mean, definitely on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe in general, we have a slight edge, and it didn't look that way. One thing I noticed is that, you know, Matt Eberflus is their court, the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts and has been, I think, now in that position for a couple seasons now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only 50 years old, which is relatively still on the young side with NFL coaches. Um, and, like, he's going to be a come-ahead coach if he wants to be at some point in the next season or two. Um, I just – like, he he's done a phenomenal job, obviously, this year. The Colts have been a great defense um, throughout the year. Um, but one thing I did, I do note is that like, it seems that in the games, I I don't watch a lot of Colts games, but the ones that I have seen, at least been involved in, if his team is defense tends to maybe fall behind a little bit, like it did in this game, mm-hmm. the second half adjustments are there. And that's one thing I noticed. I, I think that kind of goes with the Packers, like in the Matt LaFleur era, you know, usually his first, he comes out of the, the gate really hot, especially on offense, but the he the second half he kind of lets the teams kind of come back a little bit or yeah, that's he, when the windows open they're kind of opposites them. in that respect yeah. you know the floor gets out to a hot start and then kind of like coasts and it, you know it's mm-hmm. the opposite there and it, it worries you a little like it would worry you as a fan because you don't want to allow you know once you want to keep your foot you know oh, on yeah. the opponent's throat obviously mm-hmm. the whole way and push down not letting him come in and like that's a huge grape i have i worry you know with with Zimmer sometimes and we're like, mm-hmm. just keep, keep going. Let the offense keep scoring. Like I know you're great defensively normally, but especially this year, it ain't working. We need to keep scoring points. Yeah. Well, um, and I could just feel going into halftime of this game, you know, 28 to 14 sounds good. It didn't feel mm-hmm. good. It didn't look good. It was kind of like, no. I sat back at halftime and I was like, this it doesn't feel like we're winning by two touchdowns no. and I've never felt less secure with a lead this large. And, yeah. and that was validated. Um, the only other thing I want to say about the game specifically, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling is a roller coaster. Um, he, yeah. you know, he, he'll make an amazing play and then he'll make a terrible one. And, He's he's not a number two receiver. He's probably a number three, you know, in yeah. all in, in all seriousness. But it's been 
that this is the first super high profile, you know, like there's drop passes are one thing, a fumble in overtime like that yeah. is another level, you know, on the hierarchy of fuck ups. And I mean, it just sucks that that happened. It, uh, you know, I want to be on the record. It is uh, not okay to send him death threats on social media. No, that is not. super duper not okay. Um, yeah, I, I, so I, I feel bad because he does seem like you know a, a nice dude, and he just he gets put in these spotlights because you know he's operating in the vacuum left by Devontae Adams, you know, sucking up. All, you know, a lot of the defense's attention and, you know, and sometimes he does make awesome plays like he did to kind of get them down to kick the field goal and force overtime. And it's just so frustrating because his variance is so high. His peaks yeah. are amazing and his troughs are just awful. Yeah. And I don't know. So he he's he's having, you know, people people yelling at him a lot more than normal this week. And that's not OK. But uh yeah, it just—he's a very hard player to have a coherent feeling about, <laughs> as yeah, as I can I, attest. I also want to say I absolutely hate receiver screens. I don't. I don't think I, I, I want to see the success I don't think rate they on them. Work. Like I don't think because they, they have a like, good chance of getting you a couple yards, a decent chance of getting you maybe six or seven, almost yeah. no chance of getting you more than that. You know, re- well, running back screens can turn it. into something much larger. But, yeah, absolutely. But receiver screens, I just I don't see the ceiling being anywhere no. near as high. And it's not the, a high the success floor play. is it's very not, low because it's, it's kind of weird. It's know? not a high percentage play. And and I think like I mean, you think about the logistics of it. Okay, so you have two other receivers or maybe one tight end going out and trying to block two dbs because they're probably matched up with someone mm-hmm. or a linebacker trying to block two people so then it makes it a one-on-one situation and the defensive backs first of all screens are really easy to tell because there's usually not a third guy or another guy out there running a go route or something to flush them off mm-hmm. making the, the people that are blocking are made very obvious that they're blocking and a guy just turns and doesn't have any momentum he has to wait for this ball to get to him on the far side of the field near the sideline and have the, the DB has all the time in the world to accelerate to them. And the DB, the, the receiver is expected to catch it, turn and try to generate momentum out of nothing. And it's and, like, I don't, and, like, and, and also, no the, and, and even, you know, I mean, it didn't happen this time, but you know, the worst case scenario for that is that the DB doesn't get blocked and gets a free pick yeah, six because exactly. there's no one there. And so yeah. it's, it's I, I don't like the play either, and I definitely wasn't the time to run it there. I mean, you can't you know you can't not run a play because you're afraid your guy's right. gonna fumble. But yeah, when they won the coin toss, I was like, all right, we'll get to sneak out of here with a win we probably don't deserve, and didn't happen. Sucks. I mean, I don't know. The Colts are are a good team too. Uh, Philip Rivers isn't like fun to watch, but he's fine so yeah, yeah. He threw three touchdowns so i mean shot throws yeah i mean it's just all right <laughs> um all right let's move on um either way regardless you guys are seven and three yeah, yeah mean, and it's like it's not the end of the world and they're you lost team. you lost to a six and three team and to make yeah. them seven and three now so it's like 
The yeah. Colts are probably going to be in the playoffs unless a collapse happens in the next couple weeks here. But uh, and uh, spoiler alert: everyone else in the NFC North bears on by, so they don't count. But everyone else lost, so yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're all we're all kind of treading water. All right. Um, and with that segue, uh, I don't want to say that like this game was the season, but. It kind of was. I mean, yeah. it, we had a very small room for error already, and now it basically means we have to win out uh, to have a shot because especially seeing what the Rams did and winning, um, and I don't see them, the Cardinals, like they're, they're just their schedules. The, the Rams of, winning and, and looking awesome for the most yeah. part. Yeah, and so I, we needed we needed some fall off with one of those three teams, and I don't – the Seahawks have too easy of a schedule. The Cardinals have too easy of a schedule, and the Rams don't look like they're going to be losing that much. Um, so it, it makes it difficult. Like even if we won this game, we might have, based on how they're doing, we might have to win out. But us losing it, it makes it really hard. And mm-hmm. um, I, there were several several calls in this game and I don't I don't like blaming refs. I don't I I think being an NFL ref is honestly probably one of the hardest things to do. Like just an, a referee in professional football or any professional sport is incredibly difficult, but at the same time that is their job. There has to be accountability. And I don't want to put on my tinfoil hat, but you cannot sit there and tell me that the, a te- the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs does not say, like as a division winner, regardless how many games they win, sells a hell of a lot better than the Washington football team and the New York Giants right now. Um, it, well, so can, can you run me through what exactly you're talking so, about? Because I, so let's, the first, I saw the first a couple one, of dicey plays, but the way that you know highlights are cut. I think it's intentional so that any sort yeah. of controversial stuff is minimized. Yeah. So let's go to the first one. Um, it was the the touchdown uh, that they, their first touchdown. So we we first start off. We make them punt three and out. Was Great. this the C. Okay. Lamb catch? No. So no. Okay. Uh, yes, it actually is. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this first, our first possession, we get it. Uh, Dalvin Cook runs for four yards. Okay. Um, and then we are, Kirk is sacked, um, for no yards. He basically got to the line of scrimmage and he was like, he ran, it was, they called it a sack, but he was like, he scrambled. There's no one open and he just ran out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, then on third and six, Kirk finds Rudolph for 10 yards. First down, uh, Dalvin gets four on the, on first down. Great. And then here's where it gets messed up. Kirk is he the pocket kind of collapses around him relatively quick. He kind of gets like spun around like a guy first grabs him and kind of whips him around. So he's like normally facing as he would. And the guy tackle the guy comes from his right and spins him to his left. So then Kirk is kind of turned around and then a, a um, what's his name? Uh, Wilson comes flying in and on a blitz and it tackles Kirk but completely gives it, it's a helmet to helmet shot and you can see it slowed down and they initially ruled him down by contact because they, they said it was a fumble. The ball came out mm-hmm. and they they looked at it and yes, the ball comes out. It's close, but the ball comes out before he hits the ground. But by doing this, where we're looking at this challenge, um, 
we clearly see the helmet to helmet contact right on Kirk. And you could see it like his whole head just, you know, you could vibrating and all that. And like they even made a comment saying, oh, well, yeah, you can see the helmet to helmet contact clearly right there. Um, but we can't reverse that. So looks like it's a fumble. And you're like, and everyone now instantly is saying, oh, you should hold on to the ball. Show on the ball. It's like, it shouldn't have been a fumble regardless. Like that, that, well, the wait, fact that, that could, they, well, have, that's a could they have removed a fumble based on an unsportsmanlike conduct call like before no, the fumble? No, because, because there was never a flag thrown for the, they can't, they can't overturn. Yeah, but, but even, no but even ball. if they had thrown a flag for, you know, roughing the passer, mm-hmm. does that negate the fumble Yeah, it would negate, the fumble. It would negate all of the progress because theoretically then like that would like they could scoop and score but there's a penalty on the field like if there's a flag it's it's a penalty on them it would be illegal contact like i know that's how it works with with an interception but i wasn't Mm -hmm. sure if like if you fumble and then there's something after the fact was it after the fumble or before the fumble it it caused the fumble it caused caused the fumble the 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 hit that caused the ball to come loose was the helmet to helmet and it was the shot to the head. Okay, I think, so I, I think I got instantly, you. Yeah, so instantly it gives them the ball at our 30-yard line. And they, you know, ran for three yards. Dalton passed to CeeDee Lamb for 21 to get to the six. And then they just threw out like a screen or a swing pass to Zeke. And he dove in the end zone. And so they already have a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So now, and then they they got their extra point blocked. But then we went down, scored a touchdown, um, no problem. Uh, but then the game went back and forth. Um but the thing that there's so like that's the most blatant one. But then there were several key moments on it where it's like Harrison Smith on their touchdown drive um, was negated because or uh, we made a stop and they called. I don't know if you saw the hit that he had on CD Lamb. I saw he came running up like still he, images of it on the Vikings yeah. subreddit that I, I, I go on to for totally. Yeah. And like, uh, I don't want to spend too much not, time on it. Yeah. But he he basically just, you know, he made a football play like there's nothing else he could have done. He made sure the guy's not going to catch the ball. It was not early. It was not dirty. It wasn't with his helmet. It was just a big hit. And the flag came from the back judge third, like 15, 20 yards away from the ball who he can't even see it. He sees Harrison Smith's back. He can't even see anything, but he Mm -hmm. throws the flag. And so it's just like there were very things where. Uh, let's just say the Cowboys were given and they had several moments then where they had hits on our players, like a defenseless receiver. They, Cause they called it CD lamb was defenseless. Um, Dalvin, then a couple drives later, right before the half uh, where they ended up getting three points out of this, we were driving, we were in the red zone on the edge of the red zone and Dalvin got a, like a pass over the middle. And as soon as he caught the ball, turned up field gets popped and they called it a fumble and they returned it to like midfield and they got a field goal out of it. But it's like, how is Dalvin not defenseless in that situation if CD was? It's just things that were not called. Like, I have no problem if you're going to throw a lot of flags or if you're not going to throw any flags. Just keep it consistent. And there was zero of that. I mean, I think at the first at, before the fourth quarter or like before the last couple of drives, the penalty situation was like eight to eight penalties and 80 yards for us and one penalty for five for the Cowboys. And it's like, it's not like they were not 
committing penalties. It was things that, like, if we call it on us, you have to call it on them. It's the exact same thing. The inconsistency, that's what really drove me crazy. But at the end of the day, if we are going to allow 376 total yards to the Cowboys and Andy Dalton basically just to go out there and do nothing, I mean, and they ran for 180 yards on the ground against us and 5.8 a carry, we don't deserve to win that game. Like, I say what yeah, you want. And about I mean, penalties. That's, what I, that's what I was going to say. And I didn't I didn't see the game, you know, yeah. so which I, is why I'm not blaming it only on refs. Like, it's a part of it. Yes, that that but that happens. The fact that we can't make a stop like we are we're for this season. We are four and oh when winning or breaking even on turnovers and oh and six when losing the turnover battle. Like, that's how small the margin of error is with this team this year. Like, we have to do it. And. Kirk played fantastic. Uh, Dalvin played fantastic. Thielen and Jefferson, they were very much involved. Thielen, I mean, he catches everything. He literally caught COVID, I guess, or tested positive. One-handed, um, he caught COVID, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, Kirk Cousins is now PFF's sixth highest-graded quarterback in both overall and passing grade behind only Rodgers, Wilson, Brady, Mahomes, and Watson. Like, it's not his fault. And he's yeah. led us to... Um, Four fourth quarter game winning drives, two in this game, and we've lost all three of those games. That of course came in Seattle, Tennessee, and this game now. So it's like, I know we had time. We had a minute and something to win the game, but Justin Jefferson had his first drop of the season in that game, or first drop since game one, and that was an uncharacteristic drop. Thielen got mugged on third down, and then on fourth down, it was a throw up where we only had, it was discombobulated, no system going on fourth and fourth and sixth but like he shouldn't have to keep getting us fourth quarter comeback wins like make one stop against andy fucking dalton and we can't do it well and so and that's no. that's something where you know yes kirk is playing well my only response you know from the from the anti-kirk sentiment which i, I don't care that much one way or the other but the response is yeah he's playing well but he's not playing like the reason the defense is kind of a mess at the moment is because you guys are paying Kirk too much and not, no, could not, not retain players all, or something like that. Is the that reason, not true? No, it's not true at all. We re-signed everyone that we wanted to re-sign. If we haven't had an issue, it'd be like, oh, can't afford them. Like we have been racked with injuries. No Barr, no Hunter, no Michael Pierce. He had to opt out. That was our big free agent guy um, or to fill up the defensive tackle spot. And we are on practice squad corners. By the way, Chris Jones, I don't want you on the team ever again. He he let the the tackle of the Tony Pollard on that fifty yard touchdown run that he mm, had. Yep, saw that. He just he olayed him. He just like didn't even try. And then I see a shot a shot afterwards when they're all breaking down as like a team, or like it might have been before the game about like you know all huddled up and like you know whatever. He's just you can see his shot like him walking away not interested at all it's like dude if you're not going to give a shit or not even going to sell out or like try to contribute he had one tackle today like what does he do nothing and it's we're on our we're missing our top four corners we got one of them back today cameron danzler but other than that we've we've been without i mean we've had injuries and so there's only so much you can do and we have a lot of unproven guys it's not a it's not a cap issue it's not a money issue and so so, so you're, st you're still pro Kirk. That's yeah, what I'm hearing. I, okay. I, I think he is. I think it, it's difficult because I, I would like 
us to, I mean, he only threw the ball 30 times a day and we ran it 27. I, Dalvin is best running back in the league this year or has been so far. And I get that you want to give him the ball as many touches as possible, but 32 touches is a lot. And I, I just, I think that I'm worried about him wearing out like on behalf of you guys, you know, obviously I'm not personally concerned about it, but he's been saying like, he has had zero, like, ailments are serious ones, you know, other than like a ball to the, to the balls, um, <laughs> or like things like that. And so like, he's been fine, like durability wise, but yeah, like we need to try to not load management, but like, don't give him unnecessary hits. Like, especially in games like this, where the Cowboys, they were not head hunting, but that was a huge point of emphasis, like early on known. Like I was like, if we get out of this without injuries, that's amazing to me. Um, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, Kirk is, you look at all the metrics, all the stats, all of that. Like, he's been our, been our most productive quarterback. I mean, arguably getting getting there ever. I mean, back to Fran Tarkenton days. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, yes, there's some moments of it where you're like, I would like to limit that bad decision. But over the last few weeks and this winning streak plus this game, he's played unbelievable. Like, I just want him to be able to do it more. Like, let, let Kirk cook. You know, like as as terrible as that sounds, I like mean, he, I've heard he wraps his uh, steaks in foil when he grills them. So I you was might one want time. To think of a one time of another <laughs> phrase for your boy there, but one time. But I, anyway, I understand the sentiment. It's it's unfortunate, and you know, it's gonna be probably outside looking in by the end of the year, um, and that's fine. That's okay with me. You know, I. It's just there's so there's too many things going wrong that we're trying to have to overcome. Um, especially defensively, and like, it is what it is. So, yeah, it just I'm, I feel because, better now. You know, a couple you, days removed. like eight and eight. That's that not a good draft that's pick at all. Yeah, that's horrible. No. That's yes. The the seven and nine to nine and seven is purgatory, and uh, we're probably going to end up as nine and seven or something, or eight and eight, and like mm-hmm. whatever. Get just get get the young guys' experience and come ready for next year. I mean, only one team can win the Super Bowl, so. You know, it is what it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah, let's, that's let's that's a healthy on. attitude to have. <laughs> yeah. Um. I feel. I. I mean. I've obviously calmed down, but I've spent a lot of time in this game. So let's move on. Right. Um. Go so segments. Segments. Let's start with performance of the week. I'm not picking a Viking this time. Don't worry. Um. I'm gonna go my performance of the week. I'm giving it Derrick Henry. Um. I, I mean, the guy won it for him in overtime against the Ravens, 28 carries, 133 yards on the ground, one touchdown. He just destroys the Ravens. Like, that's just his M.O. Like The, the one week that I don't write down two options for performance in case you oh. pick my first one <laughs> is this week. And, uh, yeah, I also had Derrick Henry. That, that last run, like, Derrick Henry in, in, you know, regulation is yeah. – is, intimidating derrick yeah. henry in overtime is unstoppable yeah. people are tired they're they're pissed off they just want to like go home and derrick henry just sends people to the freaking shadow realm it's it's yeah he, he sends them home he yeah. sends them home <laughs> big old l on them on their on their chest like but. it's it's fun to watch but it also kind of makes me sad because you just see all these like you know he gets to the second level and there's corners and safeties and other dbs just trying to you know they they like they try, but there's like a guy running alongside him who's just like, I'm not like, what do you want me to like? 
you're looking at this guy in the eyes. You're going, I want you to run to that brick wall. He's like, well, it's not going to work. I'm like, yeah, but it's your job to run into that brick wall. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. Um, Derek Henry's a monster. All right. Nathan Pierman Award. Um, I won't spend a lot of time, but I'm giving it to NFL officials. I, I, oh, I just, man. No, I, I just think that look the accountability, who, there needs to be accountability, and there is none. There hasn't been, like, ever. And I know that they needed, like, they need preseason two, but, like, we're in week 11 here, guys, going yeah. on to week 12. And yeah, it's, you've it's heard my soapbox, right? about make NFL officiating a full-time position because it's not right now. Absolutely. These guys have other jobs, which is just wild to think about. Yeah. It should be a full-time position that's compensated accordingly and therefore Mm -hmm. can attract, you know, guys that aren't a thousand years old. Like I'm not saying they gotta be 20, but yeah, I need them to have like, I don't know if they do. Um, but like I hope they have like off season programs and things like that. They have to do like players do and coaches well, do. They, they do. have those kind of things, but they're all handled internally, and there's yeah. no outward communication of and, any of that. So yeah. no one and knows if it's saying, legit or not. And I like I'm not saying that we should implement like a sky judge, kind of like the AFL, uh, RIP AFL oh, I, and I, XFL. I, oh, um, you mean AAF? AAF, sorry. Yeah. AAF. Um, like I want I like, sky judge. I, I, want to be I really like the sky judge idea and I don't care if it adds a few more, like, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes more to games, like whatever. But like, I feel like I once just, you get a good system, like maybe when you first get sky judge, yeah. it would, it would stretch things out. But like, you know, that's like saying, Oh, like I don't want instant replay. Cause it's going to make the games longer. Like, but yeah. it makes the games right. You know, it also, <laughs> it's already wild to me still that we, uh, the NFL is the most, or football in general, like getting the spot right. Like if a play happens outside the hashes where they have to like, all right, they just kind of like refs just look at each other and like, yeah, we're lined up. And they just like throw the ball to each other. Yeah. It's like, it's so unprecise. And then like, but, and, then, and then the offense and then like, you know, the center walks up to it and like grabs the ball and like moves it a and whole moves bunch. it forward. Yeah. I know. Or there's like, been like, you know, little videos of like defenders, like as the, you know, the well, well the offense is like huddled, they just kind of like kick it a little bit. And it's like, yeah. You know, sometimes they catch it, sometimes they don't. It's just, it's crazy to me that there's a game where, you know, you bring the chains out and it's like, you know, an eighth of an inch and yeah. that could be all the difference. And it's just, I, I just, there just needs to be accountability. So I, I, I'm giving them, unless something crazy happens, they probably won't be on my Nathan Peterman award again, but I just, there needs to be something that happens in, in the future. Cause this is, it gets ridiculous sometimes and it sucks when you're on the wrong side of it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so I'm glad that your Nathan Peterman was fairly brief because mine is not. Um, so my Nathan Peterman award. We're going to keep it brief. I I refuse to keep it brief. We have to talk about Tom Brady. He okay. played real bad on Monday Night Football. And I, 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 I my memory is failing me a little bit, but I feel like one of us predicted that. Um. And I have a little stat for you. Are you ready for this? Sure. In the last four weeks, Tom Brady on passes of 20 yards or more is 0 for 19 with three interceptions. This is receiver's fault. He has three of the <laughs> best receivers and a tight end who was like, you know, the best tight end ever and is wow, now kind right. of, now three, kind of, he's not what he was. Best. 
I, I don't know if I would call Mike Evans, Godwin, and Brown three. Coming the best from a guy who watched Devontae and then MVS and l- was psyched about Lazard coming back, dude, I would okay, give well, yeah. my left foot for any of those guys. Fair enough. I mean, he's got three awesome receivers. He's got two backs that are at least competent, you know, depending on you know the mood and how it strikes them that day. They're a little inconsistent. He's got a tight end that he, if nothing else, has a telepathic connection with. And, you know, I, I think that Gronk is on his way to returning to, you know, 80% of what he used to be, at least, which is still awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's loaded with weapons, and I think that's the problem. I think that when he has nobodies that are totally fine running crossing routes and slants and stuff in the flat and just, you know, little, you know, death by a thousand cuts on defenses, when he's got guys that are okay with that, He's a lot better because that's what he's better at throwing. His deep ball is garbage. I, before I saw this stat, texted you while I was watching the game. I said, he hikes the ball, and he three or four times just stares down, you know, whoever, Evans, Godwin, um, he just stares him down and then just sends this moon ball that one of them should have been intercepted. It was dropped. You know, they just got lucky there that the DB just, you know, I think Mike Evans started playing defense on that one. Mm-hmm. And there were two other times in this game that he just sailed it over, guys. I mean, I'm not going to say that Tom is completely washed and, like, can't function. You know, I mean, he's still, I think, above a guy like uh, Philip Rivers, who's, like, literally unable to throw the ball normally. Yeah. But He's never he, been able to throw the ball normally. Yeah, I suppose. But, he, I mean, there is something going on. There's something wrong. And I think there's something that Bruce Arians refuses to acknowledge. And the fact that... I am shocked at the way that people are handling it, honestly. People handle Tom Brady with the thickest kid gloves I've ever seen. I was watching the Monday Night Football, and Tom sails it 10 yards over a guy's head and gets intercepted. And the announcer goes back to the replay and goes, well, he probably couldn't really see because there's like an offensive line. Are you shitting me? All right. You can't um, call him the have... goat and be like, oh, well, he was obscured. So, that doesn't so work. So this is also something that I want to bring up. This is literally what you're saying. The media has players they absolutely love. That's not an unknown thing. No, Aaron Rodgers is yeah. one of them. And like, so he that, doesn't get faulted for losses. That's either. my so other like, part, part of this, Nathan Peterman, is I'm, uh, I'm disappointed in you for not engaging me in that dialogue directly and immediately pivoting off of Tom to Aaron Rodgers without even addressing what I said because – and you know this, but for people listening, I started dragging Tom in our fantasy football group chat. Um, and and Dude, it, you, it, but you've always hated him, so there's no point in it. But, like, it's but a, now it's, it's I'm like right. I was I, yeah. wrong before, and now you won't you won't give me that this catharsis is like, that I'm finally right. Where like you never you never mentioned, or I guess you did once earlier when he had a great game after the Saints game, I think. Where he had like five touchdowns. He's capable like, of good games. I know, but, but like it's people just, will not judge him. It's a and, roller coaster with you. And the cherry on top of the Tom Brady catastrophe. This is my last point. He didn't shake hands with Jared Goff after the game, 
which means he's a petty little bitch. In addition to everything else that I've said about, you know, his play on the field, he snubbed Nick Foles twice. He's snubbed Jared Goff now. He keeps doing this whenever he's mad and doesn't want to do, you know, doesn't want to have good sportsmanship at the end. If Cam Newton did that, if Aaron Rodgers did that, if Baker no, Mayfield, no, because he never has. Aaron, I know, but like he for would, the heartbreak he, the he went through treatment. in that last game, went out to and, you know was laughing and talking with Philip Rivers, wasn't even visibly upset, you know. Like, and if I give you, I give you the Baker and I give you the Cam, I don't yeah, give you the Aaron Rodgers for that. Because if Aaron did that, a the media pass. wouldn't get on him like they would the other people. If Aaron did that, you would get on him. Well, first duh, of all. but of course I would. But <laughs> I, I just do not understand, like why the you know the scales change so dramatically when it's just one guy and he throws an interception and oh well he couldn't really see it and oh he just didn't feel like a handshake i said well, he's such a competitor Ooh, no no he's so a when, spoiled when little brat about... with six super bowl rings and i'm sick of it i can't wait for him to not get another one this year <sighs> again it's like i i'm not disputing it like he is not above criticism. Like I, good, I good. will criticize him when he plays bad, but I will also praise him when he plays good. That's just how it should be. I'm just saying I would like you to at least acknowledge that the media doesn't like if if it's a loss, if the Packers lose, and if it's Aaron throws interceptions, it's never because oh they lost because he threw interceptions. It's because so and so or X failed like lost it for him or didn't do their part. And it's like it's the same thing with like Russell Wilson with um uh, Patrick Mahomes although that doesn't really happen uh at least yet and like there's players that are exempt like Drew Brees you know like they don't get faulted like that, they're media darlings I'm I'm like, not remembering like examples of this to this degree coupled with the poor sportsmanship overlook where it's like you're overlooking his play on the field and you're overlooking his off the field conduct what are you looking at like, he didn't make a single great play this week. You know, he had some decent balls, you know, medium to short range and, you know, handled nah, the offense. Sure the touchdowns that he threw were pretty good ones. I mean, like, it's not I mean, like he's out there like Peyton Manning was at the end of his career. Like, he still has the ability. It's just, it's more like right now, you know, like the throw. The, I think it's because, it, first of all, all these are in prime time that we're mm-hmm. talking about. So it's all already magnified. Um, if these were on like a Sunday noon game, it's nowhere near the coverage. And so it's not, it's not a good look for sure. It's something that that, that is a serious problem, but you know, I, I just don't think like, I'm glad you didn't pull out the washed card or name for it. At least not in here. You have in the group chat, but that's different. But yeah, group, group I don't chat know. Washed I, is, if he, let's see, what is their next primetime game? I'm, I'm curious about this. Let's see. Buccaneers schedule because if he throws up one more shitty performance in a primetime game, oh, I don't think they have another one. So they playoffs. had like they had like eight in a row. So yeah, playoffs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, you know what? I'm gonna next week. If he looks like crap next week against Patrick Mahomes, I, I might I might put the I might bring out the washed label oh boy. and right. and officially officially stick it on his forehead. And, you know, I'm sure that if I ever become an NFL quarterback, he won't shake my hand. But (laughs) that's a a risk I'm willing to take. Right. Um, Also, I want to give a point out here. I don't know if you saw that graphic at halftime about how 
Rams under Sean McVay since 2017 were 31 and 0 when leading at halftime. I, I did see that. Now they're 32 and 0. Do you know what they are? His re- their record is with him when they're not having a lead at halftime. No, what? So they're 32 and 0 with a lead, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, without that, they're eight and 18. Um, that's not great. That's not. I mean, yes, like it, there's a lot of things that go in. No. Like, are they losing by two or one or like mm-hmm. 15? Like, it's it, there's a lot of factors in that, but like. You'd hope, basically, it means that Sean McVay, if he doesn't have a lead, probably won't win. Well, yeah, because he's he, in, he's kind of you know Lafleur is the same way. They're kind of that yeah. same style of coach where they like to be in the lead. They like to then have flexibility to call runs and you mm-hmm. know do things like that and not have to actively come back. I feel like that's the weaker part you know, of the equation there. And so that, that it, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, but also, I mean, the Rams defense is very, very good. Oh, they're so quite good. Yeah. Jalen they're, Ramsey they're very is legit. He's the awesome best corner, corner in the NFL. I think right now, yeah, he's like, very, I, I, very good. the way he shuts down literally everyone. And like, he puts Mike, he put Mike Evans in a body bag. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just also, ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm, I, how, how many weeks we got till uh, Antonio Brown explodes? Oh, it's it, coming. I it's got to happen. It. Yeah. I mean, if they keep losing, if they lose like next week and then yeah. they play the Vikings. So you'd think they at home, you'd think they'd probably win that one. Falcons, Lions, Falcons. So they could How win out after that. You? How <laughs> dare you? Unbelievable. I mean, Disrespectful. But if, they, right, if they go on any sort of run of, of losses, you know, more than what they're on right now, then I think I think we might be in for something. All right. Um. Let's go on to stock up, stock down. Uh, my stock up this week is Justin Herbert winning Rookie of the Year. Um, it's yes, like he's played great, but also uh, sad to report Joe Burrow's season uh, and possibly beginning of next season is done. He lost um, all of his CLs. Yeah, like every like had, AMP. Uh, yeah, like, it was. It's bad. It was not good. Uh, so although. If this wasn't a quarterback-centric award, I would like to think that Justin Jefferson would be at least in that category, but it's going to go to a quarterback unless Justin Herbert just falls off and plays like terrible the next couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, unless he falls off a cliff, which I don't see happening. I think he's kind of cemented that he's for real. Um, yeah. Really sucks about Burrow as a, as a lifelong Bengals fan. Um, <laughs> you hate to see it, and it's, I mean... You really hate to see it because it's one of those injuries that, you, you know, it goes from, a, oh, he's out for the season to, like, can he come back? And that just really sucks because it's yeah. not a guarantee that yeah, he he'll be ended able up to tearing, come back. Yeah, he ended up tearing his ACL, MCL, and suffered other structural issues in his knee as well. Yeah, so it's with, already, with the PCL, they're already talking about were, it being like a 12 about. or like, not like a 12, not necessarily a 12, but like they're hopeful that he could possibly reign for a season beginning or beginning of next season but probably you know might be like a late september kind of thing this first couple of weeks it's a bummer um yeah and his mobility a, is part of it like yeah and there's you know, a great slow-mo video where you can just see all i don't know the, if i would say everything great. pop out well i mean it's a great angle for seeing it's the horrible bad. thing that happened yeah it's yeah. uh it sucks and it wasn't dirty or anything it was just bad no, luck like bad. yeah neat stuck but all right, uh, who's your stock up? My stock up uh, is the boys. Fuck so, you. 
Well, I mean, it's not even specifically <laughs> just this the is, shots. Here we go. Here we go. All right. So, so this is actually a compliment because the Vikings are playing good football. And I think still playing, you know, pretty good football, um, better than their record. And the Cowboys got a win, which is kind of, you know, it's a stop the skid moment. The Cowboys were spiraling. Luckily, they play in the NFC East, so they could very easily still win the division even after their, you know, multi-week spiral here for uh, four straight weeks losing. They got, you know, the football team, the Ravens, who are also spiraling a little bit, Uh, Bengals, who are no longer a real football team. Niners and then Eagles and Giants. So I mean, they could conceivably win all of those games, yeah. or you know, and maybe even drop a couple and still easily take the division. So they're my stock up. All right, um, stock down <sighs> to a time. Uh, he got benched. Um, Why are you copying me? I, I this is the one week I didn't do I didn't do second <laughs> options. Well, all right. Well, we can just share. Our you don't know no, my stock down is me because Tua was my stock up last week. Oh so, yeah, you yeah. jinxed him. Uh, like, it's, like he didn't play that bad, but like but he didn't they play just good. weren't able to they weren't able to move the ball. He got sacked six times. I'm wondering if like it's because like of a health thing. Like they don't want him to like if he was and, getting and he, he beat, did get like, sacked so many times and i think there's probably something to that they said at, after the game uh flores said he wasn't injured he just benched him you know yeah but, i i feel like that's part of it because like 11 of 20 83 yards and a touchdown is not like terrible enough to be like all right yeah get on the ride some pine and, but like and, and they kept him in for you know for long enough that he could kind of deal with that adversity but yeah. without kind of just leaving him to dangle there, you know, helplessly and have it become, you know, have it lose the learning experience aspect. So, I I mean, I don't know if I would have taken him out. I don't think it's a horrible decision. I think, you know, they're still proceeding very, very tentatively with Tua this season, which. And I I think Brian Flores, no, like recognizes that the Dolphins have a really good shot at the playoffs um, with that added wild card. And, and I think he recognized that Tua's going to be his quarterback for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a game where he's getting, you know, a lot of hits on him, I think he ended how many quarterback hits? Eight quarterback hits and six sacks. Like, just taking unnecessary punishment, maybe, in a game like, okay, we can lose this one, whatever. Yeah, and like, there, move there, on was a, and... there was a TV timeout where Flores checked his phone and saw the Burrow injury and went, um, and right. took Tua yeah. out of there. <laughs> um. All right, let's go to our Week 12 preview. A uh, couple games, obviously our own. Uh, we have the the Panthers at the Vikings. Uh, I don't know if Teddy's going to play or not. I haven't seen any updates yet about him. Uh, Christian um, McCaffrey is not out. expected to play. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if he's officially he's, out, but he's definitely – he's probably yeah. not going to because I think the Panthers have a bye week 13. So might yeah, as they well do. just save him for that. Um, and the Vikings right now are favored three and a half points over under set at 50 and a half. I think that's fair. I mean, the Panthers aren't like, they're a good team. Like they're not a, the Panthers are the epitome of a competent football team. Yeah. Like, you know, like they're not you know, overly bad at anything, but they're not awesome at anything either. Honestly, you could argue that they're, they're, um, you know, overperforming based on expectation this year, like with a new coach, new system and all that. Like, you know, if Teddy plays, I would take them to win this game because I think that their receivers dramatically outmatch your corners. You know, currently at least. And so it's really going to depend on Adam Thielen's status, I think, too. I mean, him not 
be able to play. Have like they said whether or not that I, last I heard they they hadn't said whether he had it or whether he was close contact. Have they said? Uh, since? I think it, I think it was just close contact. Okay. I don't I don't think he tested positive, but it was still this. I think it was. I, I know like all of the Ravens have it. Yeah, actually have it. Right. Yeah. Um. And so I I don't know. It's hard. Like this game would be so much more fun to talk about or think about if we won last week. Like I know it's only one difference, but five and five. And like we win this, yeah. And there the was just we there was the no wiggle room. I mean, I, there's still wiggle room in theory, but like there's virtually less. none now. I and think so... our I think our win per, our chance made in the playoffs is like eleven percent right now, even maybe even less with the Rams winning. Mm-hmm. So it's it might be in single digits now. Um, so I don't know. I I'm still obviously gonna watch and tune in, but it's yeah, pressure's off a little bit. I feel like yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, yours, uh, Bears going to Lambeau. Uh, you guys are favorite eight and a half. Over under is only forty five. That uh, seems I, fair. And, I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Sunday night, <laughs> Sunday night football. Um, have you seen the quarterback announcement? Yeah, the did Bears. they make one? No. It's Mitch time. Mm. So. Oh. I kind of like that because not only is it Mitch, it's also Mitch who hasn't played in like a month and a half. Yeah, but he could be hungry. I could be have, playing with a lot of heart, as you said, all season. I mean, he'll definitely play with more heart, but like physical ability doesn't care how much heart you have. And I don't know if he's, he's got enough I, in that first department. He definitely has a lot in the, in like legs. Like a lot more than Foles does. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a a difference you can really know for sure. Um, it I, I'm not like terrified of him. Not to say that he couldn't pull out a win. He definitely could. But yeah. I don't know. I'm curious uh, if David Montgomery is going to be back for this game. He had a concussion a few weeks ago. I'd assume he's back now off their bye week. Yeah, a couple weeks. So that's that's important for them because he's like their only running back. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is yeah, this is a game the Packers kind of have to win. It's at Lambeau against the Bears, who are you know the team right now closest to threatening for the division. And you know this is a game where I have to say we are the best team in the division this year. You know, like we it, it's a statement game. You have to be able to definitively go out and say that. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm curious to see. Theoretically, you you guys have you still have to play them. This is only your first time you've played them so far, and yeah, like, this this is the first time. Crazy to play the how Bears. late it is, yeah. And you only are up two games on them, so it's like this game does matter. Like, it, it, say what yeah, you want if, about if the we Bears. lose this game, we are now only up one without a yeah. tiebreaker, and so yeah, and that's that, yeah. you know, it's it's not a must win. But like it kind of is like a subtle must win. Like it's a soft must win. It's a it's a a definitely should win. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If that's not confusing. Um, So the next game I want to highlight, it's got to be the Chiefs Bucks. Um, This was a couple weeks ago. You would ask. This was the potential Super Bowl preview. And it it could be. I mean, it I mean, very well still could be. Yeah, it very well still could be. Like the Bucks are probably them and the Rams probably have the best defenses in the NFC. Um, defenses can we like you know get really hot and disrupt games. And Tom is still can be still Tom. So can't really rule them out always until 
I never like to rule Tom out. I mean, so and, far, and, and, I, and I, I won't rule him out either. I mean, the Chiefs have looked fallible in a few games, you know, this season. We didn't really talk about it, but last week, down to the wire with the Raiders, who beat them but earlier like, in the season. But so. also, as I think we were texting, like, I was never concerned that they weren't going to win. I, I like, was only I concerned because I picked them in my eliminator pool. Yeah. And so that was my own personal stake in it. But yeah. Which was a stupid pick, by the way, just for the record. I don't know why yeah. I did that. I I think I looked at all the matchups and I thought, like, I don't like any of the teams I have left. And so I was like, I'll just go with the Chiefs. I don't even think I, like, looked at what their game was, which was stupid. And then I was like, oh, man, I shouldn't have yeah. done that. But, but yeah, so I, I'm i just curious. So so if, uh, if the Chiefs win this game, does Tom shake uh, Patrick's hand? Uh, I think he probably would. I think, I think he, he kind of has to. I mean, I think he did. He did in the when he lost to him in the AFC Championship mm. or before or all that. I don't know. Wait, had they lost to him? Who was in the AFC? No, he didn't. He didn't play him last no, year. No, because he lost to the Titans. So, so I don't know. I think he, but but Mahomes has beaten the Patriots, so I, I think they have before. They definitely um, they definitely play each other before, but not like in a playoff game. So yeah. No, but like this, I mean, I, I feel like you will. I think you will. If they yeah, I I'd, I'd assume he will too, just because it's a very high profile situation. No offense to Jared Goff. Yeah. It's not Pat um, Mahomes. <laughs> obviously, uh, other news: the Raven Steelers game that was supposed to be tomorrow or today on Thanksgiving, it is moved to Sunday. That um, sucks. Like I'm I know it's for it. like, I, I know it's for COVID, but like, like I love. I guess it's different now because Thanksgiving isn't even like happening this year in its traditional sense for most people. Yeah. But I just love that there's a holiday where there's just football on all it's day. It's a bar where we don't have the night game. Yeah, there's no night game anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, the like, other games we have is the Texans-Lions and Washington football team and the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, like the slate Gross. is not excellent. Um, no. But, I, you know, it is what it is. And if it's how they – if they can still play it, if it's on that day, then I guess I'm all for it. Uh, do you want to talk about the Ravens and what the fuck is wrong with them? Uh, I also just want to shout out or say that there are nine noon games and th- only three three o'clock games. NFL, get your shit together. Before even the Ravens got flexed into it, there were eight, eight and, and three, and two. No, eight, eight and two. two. Oh, damn. Or no, eight and three. Eight and three. Yeah, eight, eight and three. three. Yeah, but still, like that's not okay. Like, come on, get some parity. Uh, Ravens, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um. I don't know. Sloppy protocols. I want to. I want to read you the teams the Ravens have beat this year. Okay. Yeah. Here, wait. Is this all? Yeah. Okay. So this is a, so. Browns. Browns. Uh, no, they haven't played the Browns twice. Browns once, and that was thirty-eight to six. So that looked good. Yep. But we got Browns. We have uh, Texans. Football team. Bengals. Eagles barely by two points. Colts, and that's it. So I mean, Browns, Browns have a good, yeah. Colts and Browns, solid teams. They did um, play the Steelers really close. Like they played the Steelers close, came to the last possession or last play. But they're just so up and down. I don't know what yeah. to make it. You know, you beat the, you beat the Browns it's, thirty-eight it's, to six. It's Lamar is up and down. I mean, yeah. you, you don't know what you're going to get with him sometimes, and like he's, he's come crashing down to earth. And like he's that's not good. It was known throwing the ball. They also have like zero receivers. Like their best receiver is, I guess, Hollywood Des Brown Bryant? or or no, <laughs> or Willie Sneed or the, Devin the, Duvernay. Their box like, score for receiving Mark Andrews at the top. Next yeah. guy, 
Des Bryant. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's ridiculous. Um, Dude, Brown is kind of a bum. Yeah, so I don't know. It, like the hype for him was pretty real coming into this season, and he had a good yeah he had a yikes. good season last year, and it just this year he's just been eh. yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. It is it is what it is, and I picked the Steelers to uh, take this one. Also, something I didn't even comment about in your game: the Colts now went four and zero against the AF, the NFC North, so they just like shit. They put us all in a box, and I think yeah, they're all, I, I like, saw one of those memes with the like, all four oh. of the NFC North teams and the Colts. Like, yeah, it smells like bitch in here. I'm like, oh damn. Yeah, that's how that one yep. too. I'm like, oh man, that's right. <laughs> that hurts. Um, all right. Uh, wait, what would Philip Rivers say? Like, it smells like biscuits in here, or something like that. <laughs> like, oh, I, I fricked all of you. I, I fricked you guys real good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> other ones, a Titans Colts. That's really close for their division. I think this is the last, is this the last time they play each other. Or they play each other again. I don't know. Titans Colts have uh, risen to the top of that division. Um, yeah. still a weird division, but they're definitely the two, yeah. the two teams vying for Texans, uh, Texans aren't making the playoffs. So Texans are making the playoffs. Jaguars have them, completely but, yeah. collapsed, uh, with the gluten or whatever his name is. Well, although Mike Glennon is named the starter for this weekend. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, long neck Mike Glennon. Great. <laughs> Bears legend. Bears um, legend. All right, let's go into our two-minute drill. Um, I We both have four, so I'll start this week since you started last week. That's fair. All right, ready, set, go. Who is your dark horse team that could make a like a deep playoff run this year? The Titans were it last year. Deep so who's playoff this year? run. Basically, who's this year's Titans? You think? Yeah. Let me let me see here. This year's Titans. Um. Let's see. I kind of like. I like the Raiders a lot. I, was, I think I was thinking them too. Yeah, I think I, they are the definition of frisky. They have. You know, a pretty decent uh, defense, pretty decent offense. We make fun of John Gruden, but he's a good coach. Shout and out Derek Carr for playing. Like, he's played really well this year, actually. Shout out Derek Carr for uh, at least doing us the courtesy of making a meme of himself. Uh, They've also game. had the hardest schedule this year yep. so far. And they're 6-4. And, and pretty good record, yeah. So yeah. They're, they're my dark horse. If they make it in, they're kind of that wild card team that you don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Um, First team, capital F. Yeah. Um, let's see. Is Carson Wentz done? No, but he's on a very, very short leash. Like mm-hmm. if he does not perform on Monday, uh, Jalen hurts time. See what you yeah. got. Not yeah, good. Uh, I'm inclined uh, to agree. Who's the most overrated team in the league right now? The most overrated team in the league. Overrated team in the league is probably. Just make sure I'm looking at all the teams. Um, the most overrated team in the league this year is the Titans. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't know. I mean, besides Derrick Henry, I don't really see they they kind of started off strong and. I don't. I, I see them petering out here. Okay. Besides Derrick Henry, um, is FedEx Field cursed? Ah, oh, that's kind of like my third one, but uh, <laughs> absolutely. My, I'm just gonna go right into my third one. How devastated are you about the Joe Burrow injury, and should Washington be forced to tear down their field? 
extremely and yes there's just there's no reason to not it's not even a nice field so like, no it's might terrible. as well just change the name build a new stadium get new ownership and just totally wipe the slate yeah. um yeah very very devastated about joe that that really sucks because yeah i mean he was having Dude a hell of a season fear, and like that worries mm-hmm. me but like he's so fun to watch still like yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see. There's had a good stretch of number one, like him, like Kyler Murray from mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Josh was Rosen was awesome. No, I'm talking about first overalls. Uh, <laughs> last, last year's first overall. Last year's uh, was uh, shit. Who was it? Quarterback. Because this is Kyler's third year, isn't it? Or is it was? Uh, I don't. I don't know. This is bad. Dead. Google. Google quickly. Overall picks NFL. Uh, list. Uh, First overall picks. Joe. Yeah, it was Joe. What is, were we talking about this year or last year? I'm confused. Talking about last. Oh, it was Kyler. So, okay. Yeah, so well, Joe and then Kyler here, and then like, Josh back to back here. Rosen. Well, that, no, yeah. Josh Rosen was never first overall. It was Baker. Oh, it was Baker. That's right. Okay. Yeah. My Another bad. Oklahoma. We had back-to-back Oklahoma quarterbacks. That's right. Nice. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are the Patriots done? Are they dead? Are they not going to make the playoffs? They're not going to make the playoffs this year just because – the AFC actually is pretty like they have to pass. They'll put, they pass the Broncos, but they have to pass the Dolphins, Ravens, Raiders, mm-hmm. or I guess in, in one of those or the Browns or and, the Titans, and either or the Colts or the Titans. Yes. So, yeah. Like yeah. they have to, they had a, a lot has to go right for them. And I, they're just so wild. Like I don't trust Cam to be perfect nope. the rest of the season. Um. All right. Are the Rams not getting enough credit among the NFC contenders? I think they are after, you know, it's kind of a statement win last week. I don't think they were leading up to that because their schedule was like all NFC East teams. I mean, I know I was discounting them a good yeah. amount because of that, but they've proven that they, you know, belong in the conversation. And, you know, I think the spotlight was stolen by the Seahawks and Cardinals, but it's definitely people, people are paying attention now. I mean, they're currently, uh, they have a, a pretty high, strength of victory i think it is just is second oh no wow the vikings have the highest strength of victory in the nf in the nfc right now um (laughs) wait is it the nf no it's not the nfl it is holy shit it's second in the nfl uh all right well there you go silver lining (laughs) great (laughs) but um no but the rams are up there and like yes they play the whole they they all get to play the nfc east but that was a huge win so yeah okay Yep. Uh, my last question: Do the Lions win on Thanksgiving? They are zero and three the last three years, and they didn't score a single point last week. And the Texans? No, they do not beat the Texans. I, I, <sighs> I think Deshaun's going to continue just fucking the Texans draft pick and playing really well, yeah. <laughs> like just doing everything for them. I think you're right. And, and with there's like exactly. several players like Galladay. Nope, it's already two minutes. It's already two. You can't. You got to They're stop. all out. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, the Lions' whole right. offense is injured. DeAndre Swift got a concussion in practice. Yeah, not good. Um, all right. Well, this was actually shorter than we usually are, at least a little bit. Uh, we're we're working to we're keep this slightly down. over an hour. We're, we're I hoping to keep this down. Uh, we're going to try to keep more concise games. Um, today was obviously a little longer with my ranting and raving, and, and, and my raving. ranting and raving. Yeah, there was a lot of ranting going on. It probably mm-hmm. won't happen again. 
Hopefully. This was this was a big sad episode. This was, it was. This was everyone's you know standing in the rain with a boombox. Yeah. We're all just very upset. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, like I said, happy Thanksgiving. If you're listening to it on Thanksgiving, otherwise, I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, this has been the week 11 recap and week 12 preview of the third and forever football podcast. I've been your host, Adam Oz. Joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, final words. Get well soon, Joe.